Hey everybody, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. And I just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast today. I hope this message inspires you and encourages you. Enjoy today's message. A meaningless argument. A meaningless, okay. So, one of the first ones that Rhonda and I had meaningless arguments we had was how do you get, uh, how do you extract the toothpaste out of the tube? You know, because uh, her ungodly method was squeeze it in the middle. My godly method was roll it from the end. I think Jesus is in that. (laughs) <laughs> she didn't. So anyways, meaningless. So we got a big argument over that. Uh, and then uh, one of the things that we've had arguments about is leaving lights on. Mirror, mirror on the wall, I have become my father after all. <laughs> and then I did a little research and found out that if you leave a light on for a solid week, it may cost 60 cents. So I decided that it was not worth the argument. One of the greatest meaningless arguments that we've had at our dinner table was between me and my daughter. My daughter was the one that was playing the keyboard up here. Her name is Caitlin. And she she and her dad are a lot alike. And, uh, yeah, some of you went, oh, I heard you go, oh, I heard that. (laughs) Pity her, right? I know. And so we had an argument, and the argument was how I swallow. You don't know this about me, but I told you I am jacked up, and that is the truth, and that my esophagus, for some reason I have a birth defect, and my esophagus is twisted on the inside, so I can't, I have to chew my food more, and when I swallow, if you're very quiet, you can hear a noise when I swallow, and it was annoying her that I was swallowing. (laughs) We will not go into how she got ticked off that I was breathing. True. So it was, me, it was meaningless arguments, but I mean, we went at it over those kind of things, and maybe you have as well. But this is nothing new. Jesus, his disciples, went at it over meaningless things. Look what the Bible says here. In Luke 22 and 24, it says this. An argument broke out among the disciples, that's the followers of Jesus that were close to him, as to which one should be the what? Should be what? Thought of as the it's the greatest. Isn't that amazing? I mean, here, listen. Walk around with Jesus a minute. I mean, there's people coming up. They're leprosy. They got skin disease. Their skin's falling off their body. People being brought to Jesus on stretchers. They can't move. People being brought to Jesus that are demon-possessed. I mean, people are going crazy around him. Jesus got all these problems. And guess what his disciples are talking about? Hey, man, I'm cooler than you. And they're starting to fight while Jesus is trying to heal. Can you imagine Jesus saying, hey, man, listen, you need to chill out. And so they got into such a great argument that Jesus actually had to respond to this. And so Jesus stopped them and said, oh, wait a minute, boys. This is not on your outline, but this is what Jesus said. Jesus said, let the greatest among you be the servant of all. Let the greatest among you be the servant of all. You know, uh, Martin Luther King Jr. picked up this, and this is what he said. 
He said, everyone can be great because everyone can serve. Isn't that awesome? There's a theologian by the name of Albert Switzer who said this, and this is so big. He says, I don't know what you de your destiny will be, but the only ones among you who will be really happy will be those who have sought and found how to serve. Sought and found how to serve. I want to tell you something. I discovered this even in my marriage because I don't, I know, just save your tomatoes when I say this, all right? Don't throw them at me. Your programs, whatever you got to throw. But when I, Rhonda and I went down to the altar to get married, for some reason, I said I do, but I meant you do. I think many of us did that. Instead of saying I do, you know, I said I do, but I was thinking, okay, you're going to do for me. If you read the book, you, you know that. Anybody read the tea glass story? Okay, yes, uh, read the book. But Jesus said it's right the opposite, and that's what I've had to learn in my life. It's, uh, it's not who's serving me, it's who can I serve. And so we have these five words that are coming up that can change your life. Right here they are. Let's see them, say them together. You ready? Come on, here we go. Serving people are happy people. Notice that. You don't get happy and then serve. No, you begin serving and then you get happy. You see, immature people say, well, I just don't feel like it. And mature people say, I'm going to do it until I feel like it. And that is what changes the life. That's right. Somebody's with me. Amen. That's right. It changed your life. And it's, it, it, is the, it is the absolute truth to happiness. I hear college students and high school students, I ask them, you know, what do you want out of life? And every one of them says this, I just want to be happy. And I want to tell you something. Listen, I, I appreciate that, they're, you know, they want to be an engineer and they want to be this, that, and the other. I thank God for people like that. But I'm going to tell you, it doesn't matter what degree you get. It doesn't matter your bank account. If you haven't learned to serve people, you'll never be happy. You'll never be happy. You just will not because nobody can make you happy. You have to choose it, choose to serve. So I want to give you the truths about serving, and I'm going to give you three of those, and so let's get started. Number one is this, is serving indicates security, security. I am secure. I'm comfortable in my own skin. Look what Jesus said. Now, again, this is right before Jesus is about to go to the cross to be crucified, and it's right after he served communion, and then he's saying this right here to the guys. He said, Jesus knew that the Father had given him complete what? Power. Power. Now, read with me what's underlined. You ready? Come on. He knew that he had come from God and was going to God. He knew who he was, and he knew where he's going. Do you know who you are, and do you know where you're going? Because that'll give you confidence to serve. Now, look what happened after he had that confidence. So he rose from the table, took off his outer garment, tied a towel around his waist, and then poured some water into a wash basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and dry them with the towel around his waist. You know what Jesus just showed us right there? Is that, listen, again, I told you, he's about to go to the cross. I mean, he's done everything for these people, and he's about to die for these guys, these 12 guys. That are with, he's about to die for them and you and I. And so the night before, he's arrested, and, and he, I'm sure he's stressed out about it, but he wouldn't stood up right that moment demanding his title. He should have, you know, if it would have been you and I to be truth and tra truthful and transparent, but you and I would have said, hey, wait a minute now, you know who I am? 
Tomorrow, I'm going to die for you. I am the Son of God. That's what we would have said. You know who you're talking to here? So tonight, why don't you just feed me and fatten me up because I'm going to die as a sacrifice tomorrow. That's what we would have said. But Jesus, watch. He exchanged his title for a towel. He laid down his title and picked up a towel even at the most stressful time of his life. He did that. Now, I want to show you the picture of the room that they were in. It was called the upper room. And so in Jerusalem, on the external part of the building, you look at it, you see that with the stairwell walking up to that. Rhonda and I have been there in Israel. It is still there today. And then the internal side of that upper room looks like this. It's very small. It's not really that big at all. And what's amazing is, is that when Jesus walked into the room, you see, in his day, there was always a basin of water, and there was always a towel laying there, and sometimes there was a servant at the door that would, would actually let you take your sandals off, and they would wash your feet, clean your feet before you went into the room. And you know what's amazing? Is that every one of Jesus' disciples, his followers, because they were arguing about, I'm the coolest, I'm the greatest, every one of them marched right by that water basin and said, I ain't doing that. And Jesus walks over. And he picks up the basin, and he picks up the towel, and he begins to wash their feet. You see, he laid down his title because you and I have a right. You know who I am? You know what? I'm daddy in this house. You pick up that towel for me. Okay, never mind. You don't want us to go there, do you? I'm mama in this house. You do what I tell you to do. Oh, I'm, I'm the baby here. You got to serve me. Wait, wait, wait. Some of us are still 50 years old. Wait, wait, wait. Somebody called the ambulance. this basin with water. It wasn't only, we see that in the scripture where Jesus washed their feet, but we also see it at another place. When Jesus is on trial and his life is on the line, and then there's a governor there by the name of Pontius Pilate, who all the people are saying, crucify him, crucify him, crucify him, crucify him. And Pontius Pilate has the authority and the ability to say no. And he already said, he said, I don't find any reason to. And he could have said no. But you know what Pontius Pilate did? Look at this picture. He went over to his basin like this. And he washed his hands. And he said, I excuse myself from serving anyone. He used the basin of water to excuse himself where Jesus used the basin of water and the towel to serve others here's a question what are you washing your hands from what are you excusing yourself from what should you be doing to help somebody else that you just choose to close your eyes and excuse yourself and my friends, some of you sitting in this room today, the greatest excuse that some of you right now are excusing yourself from is from becoming a Christ follower. You know why? Because you said, oh, I've been too bad. Or I'm going to wait till a little later in my life. 
or I'm going to, you know, or I'm going to wait till this happens in my life. And when God does this for me, then I'm going to do it. When I quit, when I quit smoking, when I quit drinking, when I quit cussing, when I quit running around, then I'm going to give my life to Christ. Let me tell you something. You don't get it right before you give your life to God. You give your life to God and then you get right. Amen. Amen. You will never get it right. What excuse, what excuse are you making? I ask you to lay it down right now. Choose to lay it down. You know the greatest towel you pick up is when you say, Dear Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. And I need you to, I need you to change my life because I'm wrecking it. And I need your help. And so if that's you today, and there's many, every week in this auditorium, people make this decision. There's a prayer inside of this program called the prayer to become a Christ follower. I want to challenge you. Those are just words until you mean them in your heart, and then they're life-giving. It comes alive. I want to challenge you to pray that prayer. And when you do, the only thing we ask you to do is just check it on the back of this card since I'm praying the prayer to become a Christ follower so we can pray for you. Okay? All right, remember our five words? Let's say them again. They're coming up on the screen. Here we go. Let's say them. You ready? Here we go. Serving people are... Oh, that even felt good saying it. Let's say it again. You ready? Come on. Serving people are happy people. Want your marriage to get better? Quit demanding and start serving. You want your relationship with your parents to get better? Quit demanding and start serving. Amen? It makes us better. Your job, everything. Stop demanding, start serving. The second truth I'd like to share with you is this, is that serving, serving takes the focus off ourselves. Serving takes the focus off ourselves. Would you agree with me that when we begin to think about us to uh, ourselves too much, that we begin to get overwhelmed? You know what? The, the most unhappy people I know are the ones that keep telling me how unhappy they are. If you keep telling yourself, oh, I'm so unhappy, I'm so unhappy, guess what you're going to always be? Unhappy, that's right. Isn't it amazing how that we can begin to... Uh, talk ourselves into things. You know, my father-in-law used to tell me about a guy on there worked. His name was Peanut. He worked at a factory. And, and he said, hey, he told me about this guy named Peanut. So there's about, there are three guys that would, that would see Peanut coming in. And every once in a while, they would get it together. They'd say, okay, now let's tell Peanut he doesn't look too good. And so they was, one of them would say, Peanut, man, you look a little pale today. Are you feeling okay? He said about lunch, about uh, break time at about uh, 10 o'clock, he said, the other one would say, Peanut, you look a little reddish. Are you, are you, are you feeling okay today? And, the, and about lunchtime, the other one would say, Peanut, man, you don't look good at all. He said about that time, Peanut would go home. <laughs> He'd go to the doctor. So he thought he'd die. Isn't that amazing how nothing can be wrong with us, but if we keep telling ourselves long enough, then something will become wrong with us, Right? And so we have to learn to get the focus off ourselves. Look what the Bible says. Philippians 2. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit. But in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than who? Than himself or yourself. Let each of you look, let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of who? Of others. So the Bible is very clear. I want to tell you, I got this message pretty clear uh, a couple years ago. 
I had the privilege of mentoring a young man from the time he was in sixth grade till he graduated high school. His name was Jalen. This is his picture. That's him graduating high school in 2015. And so after he graduated high school, he went to, uh, to Dalton, to Clayton State, I mean, to Dalton State College in uh, Dalton, Georgia. And he come back home, and I, we were riding somewhere in my car. He'd come to visit, and I was driving around. And he just said, he stopped me, and he said, Pastor Jeff. I mean, he said it in that way like, Pastor Jeff, you know, like he almost wanted to shake me. I was like, Jalen, what is it? He said, I'm going to tell you, your generation has messed my generation up. I was feeling pretty good. He graduated high school. He went off to college. I'm feeling pretty good. Then he said, you messed us up. You, your generation messed my generation up. I said, Jalen, what are you talking about? He said, you guys did everything for us, and you made us feel like that life was going to get easier, not harder. He said, but what I found out is after I left home and I've gone to college and I had to make the decisions for myself that life has not gotten easier, it's got harder. And then when I'm looking out to getting a job, it's not easier, it's harder. He said, Pastor Jeff, you guys filled us with so much self-esteem. You made us be all about us, serving us, us, us. He said, we have no self-respect. He said, I've understood that self-respect only comes when I serve other people. That's when I feel good about myself. I don't feel better about myself when I try to make it about me. I feel better about myself when I try to make it about others. That young man taught me a lesson that day. Is it is that if you want to feel good, see, we have a saying at SEC, it says this, it feels good to do good. And if you want to get better, if you want to get happy, and you want to feel better about life, it's not what you can get other people to do for you. It's what you can do for other people. It's not about so much about your self-esteem as it is about self-respect. Amen, everybody? Amen. Amen. You're looking at me a little funny right now. Better move on. Let's get back to Jesus. Get off of Jeff. John 13. Jesus speaking here. Not that I, your Lord and teacher... Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash the feet. Other, you should also wash each other's feet. I'll get that right. Just Let me start over. Can I start over? <laughs> I'm still thinking about you looking at me. <laughs> now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. Now that you know these things, you will be what? Bless. When? If you do them. If you do them. Not if somebody does them to you. Culture says if you want to be happy, work on your self-esteem and get everybody to serve you. But Jesus said if you want to be happy, work on your self-respect and serve other people. That's what Jesus says to do. You see, I've understood this, that the happiest people I know are the people who serve other people. You see, you don't, you don't get happy and then serve you serve, and then you get happy. And if I could, I know that sounds crazy to you, but the only way you're ever going to get better is that you got to say, okay, I'm going to step out and do my part, and then when you do that, it's amazing how God blesses you. Whenever you help someone else, you get helped. Amen. That's why we say at SEC, helping is healing. Who does it heal? It heals you, makes you better. You see, you can never give 
You can never give flowers without the fragrance staying on your hand. And the same is true of serving. Every time you go to help somebody else, it's amazing how you get lifted up. You cannot do something good for someone else without feeling good. It just makes you feel good unless you're keeping score like, okay, well, I'm doing this for you because you, you owe me. No, no, no. When you do it willfully. Now, I want to be honest with you. We have caught some people at SEC. We've caught them in an act and we busted them. And so I just want to show you who the guilty people are this morning. So I want you to put your eyes on the screen and look at these guilty people. All right, give them a hand. They were busted. Let me tell you something. Did you notice how all those people were smiling? Let me, let me tell you something. Watch this. Some of those people get here at like 7.15 in the morning. Some of you don't even know that comes twice a day, do you? They get here at 7.15 in the morning on Sunday mornings. And I guarantee you when that alarm clock goes off, they go, oh, why did I sign up for this? Oh, oh. But, it, but it's when they get here and they start serving people like you. It's amazing how the transition goes from oh to yay. I'm so glad I did that one because mature people understand that serving people are happy people, that when you begin to serve others, that you get happy. And some of you could use a good dose of happiness, right? And so could I. And so it's through serving people. And that's why, that's why your pastor, I keep saying, Go to growth track, go to growth track, go to growth track. Why? Because growth track is your own ramp to happiness. It's where we learn where do you serve at best. And we don't, listen, we don't, we want you to serve where you're happy at, where you enjoy. And I can just tell you, it changes things. This church will never be your church until you learn to serve in it. And when you serve in it, you begin to love it because God moves in you in a powerful way. Amen, everybody? Amen. And that's why we make a difference. So on your connection card, I have the next step, growth track. It says, I, I will do my best to complete growth track by the end of the year. You only have one more month, and we want you on the team, and God wants you on the team. Okay, let's say our five words again together. You ready? Come on. Here we go. Serving people are, are happy people. If you don't believe it, start this afternoon. Start when you leave here. Try serving in your own home, and watch what happens. Now, here's number three. The third thing is this. You are ultimately serving Jesus when you serve others. You are ultimately serving Jesus when you serve others. Oh, don't ever forget that. Jesus is about to teach, what I'm about to read to you in Matthew's Gospel 25, Jesus says what it's going to be like at the end of time. In other words, when you and I stand before him, he gives this story to, to let you know what it's going to be like. And here's what he says. He said, I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty, and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger, and you received me in your homes. Naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you took care of me. In prison, and you visited me. The righteous then will answer him, When, Lord, did we ever see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you drink? When did we ever see you, a stranger, and welcome you into our homes, and naked and clothe you? When did we ever see you sick or in prison and visit you? Then the king, Jesus, will reply, I tell you, let's read what's underlined. You ready? Come on. Whenever you did this for one of the least important of these followers of mine, you did it for me. You did it for me. You did it for me. Do you understand that when you serve people, you're not doing it to help them? 
What's amazing to me, I don't, I don't know if this is amazing to you or not, but what's amazing to me is God has chosen our lives to be a bridge for other people to cross to get to Jesus. Do you believe that? In other words, your life, your life is to be a, is to build a bridge between themselves and Jesus. That's what it is. Do you know that sometimes a bridge is walked on, isn't it? A bridge is walked on. And there's sometimes that you're going to do some good stuff for some people, and it's going to feel like that they just don't appreciate it all, and they're just going to walk all over you. Have you ever felt that way? Well, you're not alone. Because the night that Jesus bent down, and he got the wash basin, and he began to wash his feet, you know who's one of the, one of the, uh, the persons that their feet was washed? was Judas. Jesus washed the feet of Judas, the man who was about to go out and betray him and sell him for 30 pieces of silver. He washed his feet, knowing that he was going to walk all over him. And then another guy was Simon Peter. Remember him? The how he said, Jesus, I'll never leave you. You can count on me. I'm going to die with you. If you have to die, I'm going with you. And as soon as Jesus was arrested, Peter looked at him and said, I don't know the man. But Jesus took up the towel. And he washed his feet, knowing that they would walk on him. When you're a bridge, sometimes you get walked on. And this is what you need to know. Is that you're not doing it for them. You see, at SCC here, the people in the parking lot, they're not doing that for you. Oh, they're loving on you, and you appreciate those smiles they're giving you. And those people that greet you when you come in the door, you appreciate those friendly handshakes. But they're not doing it for you. They're doing it for the applause of the nails. The nail-scarred hands are applauding them and saying, way to go. You're mine. Yes, you are. You see, right now, there's people right now in our nurseries that are, that are rocking babies. And they're just not just rocking your baby. They're rocking Jesus. And there's people right now in our elementary groups that are, that are doing small groups with our children right now. They're not just teaching children. They're teaching Jesus. They're doing it unto Jesus. And tonight, we'll have our middle school and high school people that, that'll meet tonight. I want you to, they're not there just with your teenagers and, and middle schoolers. No, they're doing it unto Jesus. And when you do do it unto Jesus. He's applauding you with those nail-scarred hands saying, I see you. When everybody else is walking over you, overlooking you, and not appreciating you, he's looking over heaven's balcony and saying, you're mine, and you're mine, and you're mine, and you're going to be rewarded. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The the favor of God is resting on you when you feel like nobody sees and nobody cares what you're doing. Every time that you go out of your way to lay down your title and pick up your towel, Jesus himself is applauding you. Isn't that amazing? He's applauding you. That's why when you feel overlooked, you know you're not overlooked. When you feel like that nobody cares, you know somebody cared. And it's Jesus did that the nail scarred hands are applauding you why don't you make a decision that this week you're going to serve somebody why don't you look for someone on your connection card there's a next step why don't you make a decision I'm gonna look for someone to serve you say how can I do that pastor Jeff I'll tell you when you get out when, tomorrow when you get off the school bus and you go across this parking lot of the school and you see a piece of paper on the ground you just pick it up and you put it in the trash can 
maybe tomorrow evening that you do the dishes at home. Hallelujah, somebody. Amen. Oh, yeah. Maybe you pick up your dirty drawers that's been laying around. Hallelujah. Come on now. He's preaching now, isn't he? Oh, you're going to start a fight one. Here's what I'm telling you. Is that when you do it to the least of these, the people that can't pay you back, that you scratch their back, they scratch yours. No, the people that can't do that, when you do it because you just love God, He does something inside of you. I want you to go ahead and take out your communion cup. Would you do that now? I want you to pull that first tab back and just take out that wafer. I want you to remember something. That when Jesus went to the cross, when he went to the cross and his body was broken for you, he served you. We love him because he loved us first. Amen, everybody? This bread right here, Jesus said, don't you ever forget. This bread is all about a reminder of what he's done for you. And that's why we serve him is because he served us first. So right now, would you take the wafer and remember the Lord's body that was broken for you? Lord Jesus, we remember. We remember what you did for us. And how that you were beaten and your body was lashed open with a whip. And that you carried a heavy cross. It was my cross. It was our cross, oh Lord. We should have died, but you, you carried it up the hill. It was you. Would you take the other tab now and just pull it back? This represents the blood of Jesus that was shed for us. And Jesus said, he said, do this in remembrance of me. Remember it was my blood that was shed for you, that you get to go to heaven because I died. You get to live because I died. It was what I did for you. Remember that. Remember that. And today that the Heavenly Father looks on you, as a person that is whole because of my blood. Would you take the juice down remembering what the Lord's done for you? Jesus, we remember. We remember that you went up Calvary's hill for us. That you were stretched out on a cruel cross. And they drove nails in your hands and your feet. And from that cross, you still served us. As we, as we were screaming, as people were screaming and shouting at you, you still said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. You showed us how to love. You showed us that, that you love us. And so today, Jesus, we say it's your breath in our lungs. And today you deserve the highest praise that we can give you that you are the King of kings and Lord of lords, and there's none like you, oh God, that you're greater than the greatest, and you're the mighty warrior. You're our Savior, Lord Jesus. You're our Savior, Lord. You're, you're our hope for tomorrow, oh God. You're our future, and so we praise you today because of who you are. Hi, this is Pastor Jeff again. 
I just want to say I hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply go to our website at secview.net. Again, that's secview.net and click the Give tab. We want to thank you again for being with us today. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.